can hear you now. You can hear me? Oh my God, I have it so loud. Yes. Me too. All right, we've, we've cracked the code. What's going I have, on? I have to adjust my volume because it was terrifying. Um, same. There's a, <laughs> there's a global pandemic happening. Wait, what? <laughs> it seems like every time we get on here, we're like, remember that global pandemic that's still happening? It's still happening. Even even if rich people are getting vaccinated, it's still happening. Man, that really makes me so angry that Marco Rubio, who's one of like the first people that was like, it's a fucking hoax or whatever. Yep. And then he, you know, he gets a vaccine before, yeah. you know, sick old poor people. Right. Because he's a very important senator from the great state of Florida. And all I mean, all of them, all of them. It's like y'all already have the best healthcare in the in the country you already have all the money uh i mean you know i i this place sucks (laughs) it does it does and it's like it's weird like i feel like we there has been a huge sigh of relief you know Mm -hmm. that we've all experienced and there is in a way a huge weight that i feel that has been taken off my shoulders but you know somewhere in the in the back of my brain, I know it's not perfect. Right. You know, I know that things are still going to suck for, for, for a long time. Yeah. You get better. And And I think it's going to be a while for most normal people to even be able to get it, you know, but Hey, enjoy your $600. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I just, I can't, man. I, I, I saw, I don't even know. I'm sure a bunch of people posted this, but they were like, $600 is an amount of money that rich people think, poor people think is a lot of money. Right. Like, like I can't even, I can't even buy a toy Learjet for $600. Yeah. $600 <laughs> I mean, and look, I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I know a lot of people are, we say this a lot, a lot of people are in far worse situations than, than we are. Um, they need way more than 600 fucking dollars. Totally, man. I, I can't, you know, I, I just can't even, like that there was this, for nine months they've argued about this and they were like, we'll give them $600. I know. <laughs> we'll give them $600 and then we will get vaccinated first. Yeah, and then post pictures about, like it's you're getting your fucking voting sticker, you know? Like got vaccinated, like fuck you, man. Fuck you. And like, there are what nurses is it? that still can't get it. Yeah. But Joel. Nancy Pelosi's fine. So that's... Yeah. Joel Osteen and fucking Tom Brady buying a fucking yacht. Yeah, man. That's where we're at. I Fuck yeah. off, both of you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the world is insane. I did make a, a great discovery, even though I did not have tacos this week, which is odd because usually at some point during the week, I'll have tacos. Mm-hmm. But I did discover that if you put, I must share this with the people, that if you put Drambui in Coke Zero... It makes it taste like regular Coke. Oh, wow. That's a great so, trick. And way yeah. more fun. <laughs> way more fun. Less calories. And, yeah, you know. Smart. Um, I did have some tacos. I had quite a few tacos, actually, over the last week or so. I'm not judging you. Thank you. Did some Chewies, uh, Torchies, Tacos y Mas. Kind of ran the, the, the full gambit. Mm-hmm. Pasadita. I was, you know, 
I'm just kind of in a groove. Yeah. I think comfort and joy are so important. Yes. Now more than ever in these now, unprecedented times. <laughs> Buy this Lexus. <laughs> um. Oh my God. Speaking of which. You so bought a Lexus. I did. I bought a Lexus. No. <laughs> with I, my $600. I, with my $600, I put down like my has good intentions down payment of buying a Lexus. Anyway. Um, no, I was watching a Christmas movie last night because, hey, also it's Christmas. It is. Tomorrow's and, Christmas Eve. Yes. And I was watching it on Lifetime, which, okay, so a few months ago I got, I still don't know, how, I still don't understand all of the channels that are available to me. Sure, on me It's Like there's so many. And I have, it's like going to Starbucks sometimes where it's like, I just want coffee. Right. <laughs> And I get angry and confused. So, like, I go to Netflix, I go to Prime, I go to Hulu and Shudder. Like, those are my channels. Mm -hmm. But there's so much available. And so I was like, fuck it. I'll get Sling. Whatever. I don't know what Sling is, but it's got TCM on there. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to get it. So I discovered last night that I actually can watch Lifetime bullshit. Yeah, on Sling. Yeah, On Sling. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, sometimes they have, like, the the nightyish thriller kind of movies on lifetime. Uh-huh. But last night I was watching uh, the Christmas setup. Starring okay. Fran Drescher, which is great. I'll talk about it later. That's not what I want to talk about. We were talking about um, commercials and shit. So last night I hear there's an LG washer dryer commercial, like washer dryer. Mm-hmm. Like we are now at the age that they're marketing home appliances towards us right and the music the song that they were using was old dirty bastards i got your money (laughs) i was like am i am i listening to this correctly like they're selling me a washer dryer with old dirty bastards i got your money and it was hey dirty Baby, I got your laundry, don't you worry. Amazing. I was immediately taken back to when we were doing The Motherfucker with a Hat, you and I. We were in that together. There was someone in a room that was like, look, Gen Xers are in their 40s and 50s. They need a washer and dryer. They also love Wu-Tang. They love (laughs) Wu-Tang. It seems like a good fit. And you know what? You know what? I would buy that washer dryer. Yes. I mean, (laughs) probably a good product. And I do love ODB, man. I mean, come on. (laughs) That's what I'm using my $600 for. I'm going to put down a half payment for one of those appliances. Right. I can't get both both with $600. No way. I can't finance both with $600. Oh, my God. That's... I also like not not related to ODB, but I did see like uh, Bob Dylan just, you know, this is such like to be the perfect representation of his entire generation. Uh, Bob Dylan, the great fighter for freedom and revolutionary folkster that he is, Mm -hmm. sold his entire catalog for like three billion dollars. So I can't wait to see like a fucking Cheerios commercial with like shit from blood on the tracks on it. (laughs) Okay. So fuck man. He can do what he wants. Good on him. him. He's, he is probably going to like help 
foundations. Like I, I would hope so. I kind of trust that Bob Dylan will give a lot of that away. Yeah, to I would charity. hope so. I, I hope so, especially because he's old enough to where it's like, dude, you couldn't spend this money in. Right. So it's going to be like the Bob Dylan Foundation, foundation. for yeah, I, whatever. I, I, I really do hope so. Yeah. I mean, you get to a certain point. It's true, though. Like, you get to a certain point where if you can get that much money for the, for the, the art that you've created, yeah. right? You can't and turn that down. You can't turn it down. And also, like, actually doing that, the money that you get from that actually helps more than some college kid listening to your song who is also a socialist or something. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I know. Yeah, you, know, like, yeah. you can only inspire so much with your art. It's true. At some point you got to give them a foundation. Yeah. Theater can only save so, so many lives, so many lives before you sell out. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, if someone wants to pay us 3 billion. Right. I mean, God, yeah, I was like, that is just, I can't. Wrap In a second. Can't wrap my mind around it. Yeah. Um, so we are going to talk about Christmas movies. Today. We had we had huge plans. We had huge plans. Um, and you found two Christmas horror movies with the same bad pun title. Right. right. Christmas. Call, uh, Christmas presents. Oh. As in a presence, not as in here is a present for That's- you. Or present or plural presence right. for you. Um, yeah, I found two and I said, hey, let's watch these movies. And you were like, okay, whatever. I've got nothing to do. Um, and I managed to watch one of them. That's better than I did. <laughs> and your well, thoughts are? <laughs> my thoughts are, uh, I mean, one of them was a British movie. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's Christmas presents UK. That's what I'm going to say. And it's a bunch of friends that get together on Christmas Eve at uh, at an old country estate. Perfect. Here we have like yeah. the old horror trope of like country estate haunted yeah. house. <clears throat> um, what they all don't know or realize is that. It's the same country estate that the 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 protagonist, um, her family used to frequent when she was little. Okay. And she had a sibling that went missing. Uh oh. When they were when they were little and playing out in the forest, and um, it she went missing in one of these like, you know, some kind of like stone hedgy set hedgy place in the forest. So like. A bunch of rocks forming a circle. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not knocking it. I've always wanted to go, but that's what this is. It's like some kind of pagan altar place. Yeah. Um, and she disappears within this circle. Okay. And she is, you know, she's continuously drawn back to this area because it's her sister and you sure. know, her twin, actually. Of course. That's even course. more powerful. Um, so you think, oh, that's great. Like, that is actually a great premise. Like, pagan Christmas, haunted country home in England, a bunch of friends go. But, you know, you would think. It just, it it didn't, it it didn't pan out 
exactly the way it was. It wanted to be too many things at the mm-hmm. same time. So one of the things that it was, which I totally appreciate it, like the, the, um, it was, she, it was LGBTQ people, right? Okay. Like a, a, a group of friends that are LGBTQ, which is fine. That's great. But it's, I, I, I'm going to say this and I, I don't, it's going to sound terrible. So I apologize and I don't apologize. You need, you, that's great, but you need to decide, are, are you going to be a, a LGBTQ movie or are you going to be a, there was nothing about those two things that meshed. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying you can't have LGBTQ people in a horror movie or anything right. like that, but it was just like trying to be both things like really hard at the same time. Like I don't, I, I don't need, or I don't know, maybe the LGBTQ people do need it. But there, there was, there, there were so many, and I would say this about as people that it, like a movie that featured straight, listen to me. I'm like, trying to figure out how not to insult anybody. Okay. Maybe it's, there were so many scenes of naked people frolicking, (laughs) you know, that had nothing to do with what the movie was about. I would say the same thing about a, like a straight. We have said the same thing. About straight. Yeah. About straight people. Right. It is such a bizarre. I mean, I think we, we've talked about this in older movies, newer movies. It's just. Yeah. And I like, I just said it about this show that I'm, I'm watching right now that I'm totally hooked on because it's trash. Uh, 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 Tiny pretty things or Mm -hmm. pretty tiny Mm -hmm. things or a dancer movie. Is this the ballet dancer one? Yeah. It's the ballet school where it's like, I, and you know, Michael, I'm not a prude. No, I know. I love Rome and I love Game of Thrones yeah. because of the sex. Yeah. But I don't know. In in those two examples, the sex seems purposeful. Yes. You know, it's part of the narrative and it changes with the arc of the story. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it like those scenes actually tell a story. Right. Um, but in this movie, it was just like. I don't know, five or six minutes. And that's a long time in in movie and movie world. That is a long, that's an eternity. That's an eternity (laughs) of a montage of young, beautiful people frolicking in the snow in their underwear for no reason. (laughs) For no reason. And I'm like, can we get, can we get on with a horror? Cause like it's yeah. been six minutes and no one has died. Right. And it's like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, something needs to happen. Right. Yeah. Like either you're either the L word <laughs> right. or you're a horror movie. Right. And I, it's a, I mean, and like you said, we talked about, I think we always go back to like Amityville horror, right? Mm-hmm. The original. Um it's just so it's like we're just gonna stop down now for four or five minutes so of james Bolan <laughs> and margot kidder can fuck like it of love making it doesn't make any sense yeah um, I, betsy palmer's right you should die for making love yes. thank you thank you like unless it is tells the story i don't i don't get it yeah um, me neither so and, there there was that 
There's so there's a lot going on. Okay. Um, there, there was that, and there was, I mean, like uh, whatever. It was a low budget indie horror movie with lots of naked frolicking that wanted to be a lot of things. And then it turns out that it was the, the gamekeeper. It was the, the estate manager. And apparently everybody in the, on that estate are pagans uh-huh. and they're being, they're, they're being sacrificed to their pagan Christmas God. Okay. Which, which I'm like, Great. Great. I yeah. wish I had seen that movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, mean, I wish I'd I, seen more of that. Yeah, the, it's uh, it's funny because, you know, we've, we've talked about this, I mean, I think last year and talking about a, a, a top secret Christmas project that we might be working on. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that I think that's kind of the beauty of Christmas movies is that they um they give us uh uh they allow for for magic or what, whatever that might be uh-huh in a way that um you can't necessarily like you can it's kind of brilliant in that you can have a christmas rom-com that has magic in it you can have a christmas right. horror movie obviously um cuz that's just part of the season and it goes back i think to those more ancient roots right and then um, you know, Dickens, whoever he borrowed from, um, just, uh, uh, you know, kind of kicked it into full gear and reminded yeah. everyone in the Victorian era, like, no, Christmas is for spirits and ghosts and things. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I mean, like, I, I was all in. I was all in. And, and, and then it just became like something else. And, I, you know, I wish I had seen more of like the pagan... Right. Aspect the actual of, plot of the movie. <laughs> the actual plot of the movie instead of sure. a lot of like you know, uh, frolicking <laughs> naked for no reason. Right. Um, I don't know. So then the other one, Christmas presents, America. Right. <laughs> I love. I didn't <laughs> have that same shitty pun. <laughs> I know. Uh, I didn't even bother to watch the American one because. The, the the I I read the, the the synopsis and I was like oh I've seen this movie and it's so American and it is like babysitter there really is a, yeah there's a babysitter babysitter and it's like the call is coming from inside the house <laughs> she's babysitting on Christmas I imagine I imagine that the parents never actually leave like I, I I'm right. I'm guessing here. Yeah. That she gets called to to, you know, she's a good girl and she's the babysitter and she's not partying on Christmas and right. all, all of her friends are partying. Sure. So she's babysitting and then the parents of the kids she's babysitting actually maybe never make it out of the house or they're already they're, killed. Yeah. They're killed and they're dead in their Land Rover or something. Right. And <laughs> she has to save <laughs> the kid. We're just writing this movie on the fly. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I'm just trying. I'm trying to like put all the same yeah. tropes no, I feel ev- like of it. every babysitter movie yeah. we've seen, and then finally someone calls her, and it's like, oh, it's the Christmas presents is inside the house, <laughs> right, or something. Yeah. You know, she, there's someone dead up in the attic. She has, she has one odd skill that allows her to survive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she knows how to pop. 
corn like the new American, <laughs> or like you know something that makes her a really good babysitter but uh-huh. also you will, know, also <laughs> will also save her life yeah. who knows what that is i have no idea so i just figured uh it was it's a teen slasher movie on christmas yeah so i feel like i've Again, watched it it's like come on black christmas took care of that <laughs> the original right Right, right, right. And also that other Netflix movie that's like The Babysitter is a Killer or whatever, yeah. which is actually really, really, really good. Yeah, I really like um, The Babysitter. I was just the like, Babysitter is making, is having fun with that. With all of those with tropes. all of those tropes, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we ended up just deciding like, hey, let's just talk about Christmas movies, regardless yeah. of genre. Let's, yeah, we, Christmas movies that we've been watching. But I had I had a question for you. Like mm-hmm. before, if you know, I, I was going to ask you this question before we got into the movies that we've been watching. So can I ask it? Go for it. So do, does a movie mm-hmm. have to, does the plot of a movie and the events of a story have to revolve around Christmas to be considered a Christmas movie, or can the events of a story take place around the season and have nothing directly to do with Christmas to be considered a Christmas movie? And this is a great question and sort of an ongoing debate among people. Mm-hmm. Um, I am in the second camp. I don't okay. think... I don't think a movie has to specifically deal with Christmas to be a Christmas movie. Now, granted, there are a number of movies that, I mean, that's what they are. Right. Right. Um, But I think a lot of like the best or some of the best Chris quote unquote Christmas movies are just movies that either take place around the season, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I even have some that, maybe don't even take place at Christmas, but for some reason feel like Christmas, either because they were on when we were kids at Christmas Uh or there's something like wintry about them. Yeah, I have some of those too. Now, I don't know if I would go this far, but my friend Reagan Adair texted me the other day Uh and said, I've decided The Shining is a Christmas movie because snow. If if The Shining means Christmas for Reagan, then, then let, let him embrace it. Then that let is, it I love snow. That. Anytime there's snow, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. So Even can if you, it's in March or April. <laughs> can you give me an example mm-hmm. of a movie that you think like doesn't take place that is not directly related to to, to Christmas in any way? In any way that feels but like Christmas. That feels like it's Christmas and and why and why sure this is probably gonna make no sense but I was thinking about this that is Lord of the Rings for me oh I I don't the first Lord of actually the whole trilogy but really the first one and I don't know why and it might be because I saw it at Christmas um but there it's it's regularly like when the Christmas season comes one of the first things that Aspen and I watch and for some reason it just feels like winter to me there's no I mean I mean not that this matters but like there's not even Jesus in Middle Earth so right exactly so there's it's in no cannot be connected to Christmas in any way 
Um, even whereas like Harry Potter, like there is Christmas. Right. Cause that was for me, yeah. for me, it's Harry Potter. Like and I love, don't... we do. Yeah. I love that to me makes perfect sense. And I, we usually watch the first one, which oddly feels the most Christmassy to me. Like, mm-hmm. Little. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also, for some reason, Lord of the Rings is in that category for me. And I don't know. I don't know why I don't even have an answer. Um, it's maybe I'm like Reagan. There's snow on the mountain, <laughs> but like so, that movie to Cause I think also part of it is cause it's long, right. Long movie. You can settle in. Right. With like your it, snacks and yeah. if you have a fireplace with your fire. fire and it, that just feels Christmassy to me. And it's epic. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah. And there's magic. That's a good one. And so like, that really has nothing to do. I right. mean, like really, really has nothing to do with Christmas and neither does Harry Potter really right. other than, you know, they There's have to cover the scene whole, where it's Christmas or where something. they go to the Christmas winter ball or whatever. Yeah. Um, so is there an, is there another movie? Okay. So this is like a little complicated. I have to, I'm going to use my words. I'm going to yeah. try and use my words, um, but it, it's going to be rambly. Yeah. Um, so is there a movie mm-hmm. that has that the events have nothing to do with Christmas? Right. It happens around Christmas time. Sure. But that somehow feels like a Christmas movie. Somehow the themes of the movie are yeah. Okay. So I I know I think I get you. And I think one that a lot of people this is like again some weird ongoing argument and this might just be because I loved this movie as a kid and still do. But like Die Hard is yes! the center of that of that argument. And to me, it takes place around Christmas, it's at a Christmas party. It has references to Christmas. It is not about Christmas, but thematically it, it is. is. Yeah, it is. It's It is about Christmas. Family is the most important and um, and that you love 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 conquers love conquers all <laughs> yeah that yeah because I've had people say to me I didn't know that there was even a contingency of folks who didn't consider Die Hard a Christmas movie how can you not consider it it is a Christmas movie it is a Christmas movie and I when I always say this but like he goes to great lengths to save his wife yeah. You know? And who also on the outs with really, who's, yeah, exactly. And also, you know, makes friends with with the policeman, right? Mm-hmm. Like these two people who are supposed to be diametrically opposed, you know, kind of like come together and help each other out to defeat evil. Like the uh-huh. cop doesn't want him to be doing all that shit, right? Because he's a renegade. He's right. you know a vigilante. But it, in the end, they kind of join forces to defeat evil. And like, isn't that what Christmas? That is exactly what Christmas is about. Christmas is about let's join forces and defeat the forces evil. of evil. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, I totally. Yeah, I, I think so. That to me is a perfect one. I saw um, the <laughs> young Montgomery Sutton. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is really not that young anymore, but to no. us will always be young Montgomery. Sorry, Monty. If you're listening, Monty, Merry Christmas. I love you. Um, and Monty was arguing, he is a big proponent of Batman Returns as Christmas movie. Um, and it it's in Gotham, but it does take place around Christmas. Um, it is also about defeating evil. It's true. <laughs> There's snow. For There's snow. Christopher Walken kind of looks like a, like a, 
like a what the 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 the, the winter wizard yes yeah, uh, instead yeah. of the, the the heat miser he's yeah. like the cold miser or yeah. whatever <laughs> you know uh, the, i know i can i can get on board with that yeah. There is, there's that great scene. There's that great scene of Batman Returns where he's, where he's delivering the speech and it's like typical Christopher Walken delivery where he's like wrapped in a big bowl. Like he, (laughs) (laughs) I will watch the movie just to get to that line. He's, uh, he's, I saw an interview with him once. And clearly, I don't think he's joking, but I also think he's acknowledging that people's like, we all know who Walken is, what he's about. And he was, someone was asking about his process. He was like, well, the Mm -hmm. first thing you do is you get rid of all the punctuation. (laughs) 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 Clearly, (laughs) clearly that is a choice he's made. Fuck whatever this writer wrote as far as periods or commas or whatever. I'm doing it this way. I'm doing it this way. Yeah, I'm taking a stop in the middle of wrapped in a big bow. And it works. Wow, and it works. Yeah. Um, so weird. What a yeah, strange I, man. I, I think I think that is, yeah, I think those are all like, it's like subgenres within the Christmas genre, right? Like you uh-huh. have very, like these are Christmas movies. And then we consider Christmas movies because they take place around the time and then just stuff that makes us feel that like makes Christmas. makes you feel like Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, some like I do that with with I know it's odd, but Star Wars. I that makes per, I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. And and I remember like when knowing that a Star Wars movie, even with the new ones that was were gonna come out in December, right? I would just get excited, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, that that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I mean, for Aspen, you know, the other night she wanted to watch um, uh, Sound of Music because in exactly. her mind, it's a Christmas movie. Right. But, and I was like, oh, yeah, it is a Christmas movie. I haven't seen I hadn't seen it in a while. I've probably seen it a million times. But I was like, actually, there's no Christmas at all. It's no. a thing that it came on at Christmas when we were little. Yeah. It has uh, that. That vibe to it. Meet me, meet me in St. Louis is one of those. And there's a great Christmas carol that was made famous by, by Judy Garland that is sung in meet me in St. Louis. But the, but the, which if you don't know is have yourself a merry little Christmas. Yeah. But like the movie itself doesn't have anything really to do. And even holiday in, um, which predates white Christmas, but is where white Christmas comes from and is super fucking racist. So just a heads up. (laughs) I like, I remember like, I think it was last year. I think it might've been last year or 200 years ago. I don't know. I don't anymore. But like Joel Farrell had called me up and said, Hey, they're showing holiday in at the Uh Magnolia. Let's go watch it. And I was like, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to go watch it. You can go watch it. He was like, why not? And I was like, I prefer white Christmas, but yeah, I did too. I was like, call me after. How how long has it been since you've seen seen holiday? He was like, oh, it's been ages. And I'm like, okay, call me afterwards. Yeah. And and oh my god, that scene is just unbelievable. How are you still showing that scene? And it's un like it's unwatchable. I cannot. It's so terrible. I convinced myself based on nothing, just my own craziness. And I was like, no, I'm wrong. In my mind, I was like, oh, White Christmas was them looking at Holiday Inn and being like, 
we got to remake this shit without this fucking scene. Right. But even then, there's that one number in White Christmas that makes me cringe. And it's the minstrel show. Yes. Number. And I mean, they're they're singing about minstrel shows. And yeah. if you if you look closely, they're all wearing darker makeup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the costumes look like watermelons. Yeah, it's horrifying. We they just, are. We just watched White Christmas. It was just on. And yeah. so, look, I mean, there's incredibly talented people in that film, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I haven't seen White Christmas in a while. And it's not, we were like, it's not the horrifically racist one. That's Holiday Inn. And then we're right. like, oh, well, I mean. Yeah. It's a little racist. <laughs> Still. It is. figured it out. Um, <laughs> good Lord. Also. God. Yeah, Danny Kaye just doing some singularly bold stuff in, in Yeah. Uh so we have a we have a you know this is a big question. Um speaking of what constitutes a Christmas movie, and we may have talked about this a little before, but do you think A Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Uh I I go back and I actually go back and forth, but like right now I think I'm in the middle. Right okay. now, I'm like, I think you can watch it at Halloween, and I think you can watch it at Christmas. Yeah, and I we, think we generally do both in this. Yeah, house. we do too. It's it's both. And uh, our good friend John Collins uh-huh. and our friend Holden were having this conversation also, and John Collins argues that it is a Halloween movie, that it is strictly a Halloween movie. Okay. And Holden says that it's a Christmas movie, and okay. John Collins was like, no, it's a Halloween movie. And then Holden says, well, then why do you have an Oogie Boogie inflatable on your front lawn, front lawn at Christmas? <laughs> and I was like, Boom. That's he gotcha. Boom. And I think, you know, to me, thematically, um, that thematically, to me, it is a Christmas movie. Like, uh, yeah. it, is, it is about, you know, learning that there is more than you. The world is bigger than you. Love conquers all. Yeah. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. And, and finding love. Uh, <clears throat> I have noticed, yeah. I mentioned this to you when we were texting the other day. Uh, recently, among some of the youngs, uh, mm-hmm. there is a, a, a backlash against Nightmare Before Christmas. Not in like the movie needs to be canceled or any anger, but just that like now it's it seems very uh, in fashion to declare it extremely overrated. Um, which I find uh, utterly baffling um, because when when Nightmare Before Christmas came out, uh, there was really nothing like it, uh, especially coming out of like the Disney studios, right? Right. I mean, I, I'm still confused. Like, I, it's over. It's overrated, as in how like it's, is it's not. It's not nearly as good as people make it out to be. Um, and I just, I can't, I, I just don't get it. I just As, don't like in like animation or music or I acting, guess, I guess across the board, uh, I've heard music specifically, which I'm like, well, you're, yeah, well, but you know what? I yeah. mean, I'm sorry, youngs. I'm yeah. sorry, but like, I've had young people go like, like I've heard conversations. I like we're being super old today. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. I don't care. Like, I've heard young people recently go like, and this is people in their twenties, sure. right? Not not even teenagers. Oh no, I'm not, like, 
yeah. people in their twenties who are like, Oh my gosh, did you know? I thought it was so I think it's so cute that Danny Elfman, uh, did you know that he had a rock band that he was the lead singer of like some new wave group? And I'm like, fucking Oingo Boingo. I'm like, Yes, that's how he got started. Yeah. Like it's it's yes. and 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 just like uh, I don't know if I don't know, maybe we are old. I mean, I I guess we, we are. I we don't are. know, yeah. but it's like making the jump also at the time, making the jump from like a super cool alternative new wave band uh-huh to scoring major motion pictures yes and it's huge and, and then sort of becoming to tim burton what john williams is to like lucas and spielberg right right in, in a way that we're like burton films a number of them i think especially when burton was at his best uh are also like you cannot have them without elfman like they are Right. To me, it's like taking John Williams out of Star Wars. Like, it just is not the same movie. Right, exactly. And I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to grapple with with overrated. Yeah, I, I am too. And part of, I don't know, like, it's, it was so different than, than. Anything. We, than what we would get. Yes. And, and it was such a, like, I mean, I thought animation wise, it was, great like music wise i love danny elfman um i mean and you had some of you have Catherine o'hara you have chris sarandon in there you have some really yeah you have some of i mean great actors yeah it's and and it looked it didn't look like anything else looked um it also like this is gonna sound cheesy it was like the creepy, scary oddballs are actually super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween's just their thing. That's what they're into. That's what they're supposed to do. Um, right. But it's out of like fun and love, you know? And um, yeah, I just, I don't know. And again, like, I, I mean, I, that's exactly why I thought it was so, like, I seriously felt hashtag seen. <laughs> when, no, when that movie that. came out because it is exactly what you just said where it's like some of us really 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 love halloween uh-huh like and, that's our thing yeah and and we sh- you shouldn't you shouldn't change that to please other people right and i and i i yeah i just thought i just think it's great and again like you don't have to like all the movies that that we like but it's like i don't know man just uh not not just taking things completely out of the context of the time mm-hmm. um and and what they were doing at the time uh i think is can be a detriment you know and yeah. i know we, we say this a lot like it's like when when students will say like oh but the special effects suck or whatever it's like okay but at the time they changed how film was made sure <laughs> like, i mean it's like the the <laughs> the the guy who made trip to the moon right yeah. the first movie yeah. like those special effects kind of suck yeah, Milius, yeah like you know compared to alien or, or at the time at the time mind-blowing and change the way film was made you know uh so i i do think there should be some some thought given uh, at least i think it's 
I think it's dangerous. And I, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I compare it to stuff like if we if we wipe out if we wipe out a section of history like the Holocaust, right? If we wipe out um, like any kind of civil rights riots that happened in the 60s or whatever, then we are we are fated, right? That we're mm-hmm. destined to repeat that stuff. If we don't learn right. from shit that happened before, <clears throat> then and go, that's never gonna happen again. Right. Um, we're destined to repeat it. And so you can't, you can't, you can't sit in 2020, especially now, because now. we're a fucking dumpster fire. Absolutely. But you can't sit in 2020 and look at stuff that happened in, in the past and go like, we're better. Right. Right. Or how could they let that happen? Right. They are awful people. You can't do that because look at, look at us now. Right. Look at what's happening now. Right. Yeah. So I don't think it's an exaggeration to 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 take something like the thing. Right. Or or Nightmare Before Christmas and and judge it without the context of the time in which it was created. Yeah, I agree. You can't. It, it's it's a it's a yeah, I, it's a. It is a detriment. I, and I, it's and it's lazy. It is. Lazy. I, I think it's like, and I think it's because people want immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Like, and and also, I'm gonna say it. It's not. It's not their fault. They have TikTok and they have Instagram and they have all of this stuff that gives you a lot of information in six seconds or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Th- that you don't really have the time to sit in something and go, well, what was going on at the time? Yeah. Or, or what, what was happening? To, yeah. Yeah. What is the cultural context around these things? Or even just from a, like a film standpoint, what was, what did it, did it do something filmically that, right. you know, kind of changed the game or led to other things? I saw, um, you know, someone was, this is funny. It was like watching the Godfather three, and then on a comment, someone trashed Sofia Coppola like they always do. Um, and I, I responded like, look, I, I think we've talked about this. Godfather 3 to us is, I think, is overly maligned. Um, yeah. It's a lot better than people think. And I actually think she's not nearly as horrible as people think. Um, but part of me is even like, hey, she learned a lot about directing during that and then went on to make, you know, Virgin Suicide. Right. And Marie Antoinette. Uh, right. and um, lost in translation. So I'm glad she got that role. Yeah, me too. These other things. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, as the older, like the, and all, yeah, the older I get, the more I'm like, the more, as far as acting goes, like filmmaking is something different, but like the older I get, as far as acting goes, <laughs> I am less, I am less about, I mean, unless someone is really, really a terrible actor, like Andy McDowell, who is just <laughs> like, I cannot watch Andy McDowell in anything. Like, does it make any sense? It makes no sense. I just want to poke my eyes out with spoons when I watch her. But other people, I'm, I'm, I'm less concerned with or less, less certain about what makes something good or what makes someone good in a movie. I, or, yeah. or, or not. Do you know what I mean? I agree. And because, because you know, across the board, there are also 
some people who are are well performances that are considered absolutely brilliant where I'm like, I don't agree with that. I don't see it. Um, right. We have to talk about the of Coda of Michael Corleone. It's, I know you haven't watched it, so yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it right now, but we have to talk about it sometime because I've the, already the seen new, it. The new edit, essentially, of Godfather. Yeah, and I Which, have thoughts. This is, hey, check out this tie back. Those movies are Christmas movies to me. <gasps> yes, that's, <laughs> oh my God, way to bring it back around. I watched, my family watched those movies around Christmas. Yeah, that was like the the Godfather and Godfather Two, like those those for like that was. It's Christmas, so we're mm-hmm. gonna watch. Yeah, um, and they right. don't have anything to do. Nothing with at all, but they do have to do with family. They do indeed, and I guess. <laughs> and again, they're also really long. You know, I think yeah. there's something about hey we can all put on this really long movie and not have to like argue about shit for two and right. a half or three hours. Right. I'll enjoy the Corleone struggle. Um, so before we run out of time, uh-huh. what have you been watching? So I, we, okay, great. So we've gone, done some classics that we do every year. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol is one of, course. of our favorites. So we do mm-hmm. that every year. Uh, we are still in the camp that we like Love Actually. I guess yeah. that's not cool anymore. Um, but Aspen and I still really like Love Actually. I, I'm a fan of a, of a British uh, ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we do? Uh, there's one new one, not new, 2015. Um, I really like The Night Before. I don't know if anyone else does. It's a ridiculous stoner comedy, I guess. Oh, I've never seen kind it. Kind of. That's how it uh-huh. starts. Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Anthony Mackie. Oh, I like two of those people. Yeah. And like um, at its, I guess on the surface, it's these three friends and it's like, we're all going to get super fucked up because we're, this is our last kind of Christmas as friends because we're getting older. We're going to go to parties, blah, blah, blah. But there's also like a hint of Christmas magic and a right. musical number and we learn about the power of love like it has all of that wrapped in this like stoner shit and Michael Shannon plays a fucking weed dealer and is <laughs> I, I mean he's it's talking of like performances I don't know how Michael Shannon does what Michael Shannon does right yeah I'm just like what is he doing? This is amazing. And he's only and he's, in like two scenes. And he's like transformative. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And playing a goofy part. And it's like, how is he doing this? So <laughs> I watch that. I will watch Scrooge uh, yeah. later tomorrow. So that's where we're at. Um, I started, I actually started with Scrooge. We, we nice. watch it every year. It's, it I is. Mean, it is. I mean, I, I love Christmas Carol. I love that story. I know you do too. Yeah. Um, and I think like Muppet Christmas Carol is like one of the best ever. Love it. Love I love it. it. Um, and I liked it. I actually liked the George C. Scott one. Me too. I had that listed as well. But my my actual favorite Scrooge one is uh, is Scrooge. the Bill Murray. It's the Bill Murray one. It's you know it's like. I guess it's because it's like straight out of the eighties and it's uh-huh. like, it's like the Christmas version of, uh, <laughs> what's that? Now I can't remember. What's that movie with Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen. Why can't I remember names? Uh, Wall street. Yeah. Wall street. <laughs> it's like wall street, but on Christmas. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So we've been, I watched that one. Um, uh, you know, and you know me, I do kind of a deep dive into like the Hallmark lifetime. Oh yeah, definitely. Stuff that, uh, because I like to be petty and judgy about shit like that. That's what Christmas is about. That's what Christmas is about. I watched, um, uh, Christmas on the Bayou. Night, you texted me about that. Yeah, and <laughs> and and then there was another one, a down home Christmas down or home? something like nice. some or Christmas in Louis. Anyway, they have the same actress in both of them. I can't sure. remember her name now. Why not? But you know, it's the same thing. Big city girl. Got yeah. She's she, got to come back home. She's got to come back home and either help the craft shop, the candle booth, the Christmas pageant. The Christmas tree yard, like she has to help the person who's running that concession to save it because the evil person is like going to take it over. And and within that, she finds love with the with the sad handyman (laughs) um, who's also like gorgeous and cut and has all the skills. Come on. Um, Some of them are great. Because they're bad. Uh-huh. And some of them are just bad. This year, I watched... I haven't watched Holly Dolly Christmas. No, we haven't either. But I did start watching Christmas on the Square, which is an old Dolly Parton one. Right. And I, you know, the second... The opening number, Dolly Parton's dressed like a chic hobo. <laughs> like a chic... You know, she's like real chic, but she's like... Asking also for homes, home. you know, sure. like she's like a homeless lady. And I'm like, I'm in. I'm like, yeah. I'm in. So I got to go back and finish that one. And it's like her hobo outfit is perfectly coordinated. Like, with, And her bangs are the same color gray as her hobo. Outfit. I mean, it's like incredible. That's and amazing. it's got Christine Baranski's in it. Like, you know, I did watch something last night that I, I genuinely, unironically really 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 liked and i think people should watch it because it's everything in a christmas movie in a romantic hallmark lifetime christmas uh-huh. movie that you want uh that is not i mean it's good it's good good writing for what it is yeah. good acting uh friend drescher is in it and it's called the christmas setup okay and it's the only it's it's um friend drescher's son comes home he's like a big time lawyer in new york who wants to make partner you know um he comes home to milwaukee to help the mom who's friend dresser with the christmas pageant at the train station and they're they're gonna sell the train station because nobody needs a train station anymore like nobody needs an old-timey train station anymore but it's where people have christmas right and while he's there, he reconnects with a guy that he went to high school with who was like the most popular guy. And he always had a crush on him. And, you know, the guy tries to convince him to stay in the town, but, but then he makes partner and has to go to London and like, it's great. And it's, it's actually, it's actually not terribly written. And I, I actually found, I mean, I started watching it because Patrick Johnson was like, this is good. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. I want to be judgy while I choke back tears. Right. Um, but it was unironically super enjoyable and it was heartwarming. Fran Drescher is at her best. Great. In this movie. So I was, I, I, I've been watching that 
And um, I mean, you can turn on any of these lifetime movies. Some of them are terrible. Some of them are great. And when you find a good one, then it becomes like a thing of like, oh, I have to watch this next year. Right. Um, so it'll, it will be its own tradition. Yeah. 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 The only John and I have planned. It's like, I think because nobody, you know, we're not seeing family. It's really just going to yeah. be us. So it's like that we, we we're trying to decide whether we want to do like all Star Wars all day right. or if we want to do Harry Potter all day or right. if we're going to do like a combo of both. We don't nice. know what we're going to do. I, I mean, I think we're going to watch the new Wonder Woman because they're releasing that on Christmas on HBO Max. Oh, um, so that's. That's what we're going to do. Oh, John's going to plots. He loves Wonder Woman. Um, I do as well. Uh, yeah. I was going to say the only, it's like new, new one. It is cheesy because you're just, you brought up writing. So I watched The Man Who Invented Christmas. Okay. Um, which is pretty new. Uh, it stars Dan Stevens. Is that the guy who played Matthew Crawley? Yes. Okay. And he plays Charles Dickens. Mm-hmm. And essentially it's him coming up with a Christmas carol. Uh, Christopher Plummer plays the vision of Scrooge. Jonathan Price plays his father. He's a great wow, great cast. So I was watching it. I'm like, it's very Christmassy and kind of childlike and all of those things. And I was like, there's some really funny bits. And there's a bizarre amount of Shakespeare references. And I was like, this is weird. And it was written by Susan Coyne, who created Slings and Arrows. Of course. And so... Look, it has all the studio stuff and blah, blah, blah. But like, it's got some really, it's got some really good moments and some great literary jokes. And Dan Stevens is charming. And um, handsome. And handsome. And she has, it, it, it Dickens is, because he's, you know, has servants, right? Yeah. You do. And he has an Irish housemaid, uh, or nanny, sorry, who tells his kids um, old Irish Christmas ghost stories. And mm-hmm. essentially that's how he gets the idea. And I was like, so it ties back to this like older old world stuff. And yeah, he's a really good fucking writer, man. Susan Coyne's a, she's a great writer. This also falls into like the whole notion I was talking about last night. I was watching another movie, another terrible movie called the holiday switch. And it's like 2007 and it's got like Nicole Eggert, who used to be on some, she, Nicole Eggert used to be on some 90s TV show. It's I on Baywatch. Uh, Baywatch, right. Yeah. Um, love it. Charles in Charge. Charles in Charge. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, and uh, where she plays this woman who, of course, a switch happens and she gets to see what her life would have been like if she had married the rich high school boyfriend rather than the poor high school boyfriend. <laughs> sure. And in the rich high school, in the rich high school boyfriend scenario, she has a maid named Martina, mm-hmm. who is clearly Latin American, right. Spanish. And um, she's the magical brown person by which she learns the true lesson of, of <laughs> Christmas. And I'm like, oh, that's so interesting because to me, I was like, why does the poor brown person, and it wouldn't bother me so much if we learned more about the poor brown person, if if the poor brown person wasn't just a device, you know? Yes. It, it was super insulting. At the, end of the, at the end of the story, she gives the poor brown person a diamond necklace or something and kind of suggests that maybe she can sell it or whatever. And I'm like, why don't you give her a raise? Like, yeah, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> why don't you just give the, her 
give her a raise $600. Yeah. And it's like, maybe I should meet your children since I didn't know you had them or, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, so, so that, but hearing this, it's all about rich and poor people because here we have a rich British guy who kind of learns the thing that he needs to learn from the poor Irish servant. Yes. And, and I, I mean, and I think, Part of it is, is yes, she, he, she tells these, they tell very different stories. I also think this is probably a British thing because you see it in other stuff too. It's like, oh, the Irish are, you know, they're pagan. They might as well be pagan, right? Right. The girl's probably Catholic, but she might as well be pagan. I always say Mexicans and Irish people are basically the same. And so the English are like, oh, they have their ghost stories at Christmas. So yeah, that's an idea. And then also... You know, if you make the argument that Dickens wrote a Christmas Carol to convince rich people to not be fucking dicks, right? Um, he looks around and he sees like, oh, I have it pretty fucking good, <laughs> like, right? Maybe I should help. Maybe um, I should help. Oh, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna go watch yeah, it. Yeah, again, it's it's clearly there. It's studioized and stuff, but there's some really good bits and like some stuff that is just for like literature and drama nerds yeah Um, for those of you that don't know like susan coyne uh, well michael already said it but susan coyne is one of the writers for slings and arrows yeah and and is the original creator and is the original creator and she plays anna on slings yeah on slings and arrows if if you're familiar with the show she's just such a smart funny writer she's delightful and look that dude can carry a movie. I'm just, it's yeah. great. You got Plummer, you got Price, you have all these brilliant British actors. Dan Stevens can carry a movie. That guy yeah. is absolutely fucking charming. Yeah. Like, congratulations, Dan Stevens. <laughs> you did it. You won at life. You're charming. <laughs> what did I see the other day that made me think of that? I was, I don't know, I was scrolling through something and I saw some pictures of, is it Giselle, Giselle Bunchen? Yep. Giselle Bunchen and Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yeah. And I'm like, wow. Like, do they, like, do they even get dirty when they have sex? No. Like, do, I, do they even sweat? It's, do, do they have people come in and fold their clothes neatly when they get naked? Like, in the room, yeah. I, they're, they're, I just looking at them and you're like, okay, I guess I'm the same thing is them <laughs> are we are we like, do they look at each other and have an orgasm i like, think so i it's just a, it's absurd and uh, yeah i mean you know I, mean, I, always, I always feel like people who are that attractive or like that who meet the golden mean yes so perfectly like they don't have to try as hard as other people no so i imagine that sex has to be boring I, it makes you know, me feel I, better yeah i, I no, they don't have to try. I mean, I'm not knocking them. Like, if you look, I am. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like if you look like that, I. Not many doors will close to you. Not many doors will. That's what I'm saying. It's like so. It's even. Your, it's your queen's gambit argument. Right. Exactly. So it's like they don't have to try so hard at sex. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it's got to be boring. They never had to do anything to get laid or get laid a second time. It was right. <laughs> it's, it's enough to look the way you look. Yeah. You just walk, so you, you just just walk, walk in. Through. You can fucking yeah. 
That's why I feel like, God, the sex between them must be terrible. And neither of them, in my mind, neither of them has a sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) No. They they don't need one. They don't need one. What what is this joke? They never needed a coping mechanism. Never needed. No, the the, the world (laughs) opens up to them like a magnificent vagina. Um, So the other thing thing I have to plug, I'm sorry, before I go, I'm so into it right now. Uh, because, you know, I love my murder mysteries. And sure. even in the time of Christmas, when everything is about peace and love, I need a good horrendous murder. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been watching Vera all over again on mm-hmm. BritBox. And it stars Brenda Blevin as Vera, as like this old curmudgeonly, like, detective. who That's awesome. And she's really, really, really good at her job and prefers to, to be alone. Like she prefers to just live on her own and drink her whiskey and, and she's really good at solving murders. Awesome. And she's such a fucking fantastic actress. She is, uh, I think at least over here, um, horrifically underrated. Oh my God. Brenda Bledon, for those of you, those of you who don't know, probably, you know, her best as the mom of the Bennett sisters, Mrs. Bennett in the Keira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice. But she is an incredible, an incredible actress. And every episode is like a little movie. And I'm, I'm left. I think I'm, I'm, I'm left almost in tears. At the end of every, because she's so good. So good. It's so well written, so well written. And, and, and she's just, she's an acting masterclass. Yeah. Every episode. She's, uh, yeah. Like I said, I I think over there, they, they know. Yeah. I just don't know if she ever quite broke over here like she should have. Um, I am still watching German television because that's all I do. Uh, so I've been watching a show called Babylon Berlin that I oh I've I've heard that that one is really good. I'm obsessed with it. Um, it's incredibly violent. So just as a heads oh. up, not to you, but to if anyone, yeah. oh, I want to watch it. Um, it is it is very very violent. It takes place uh, between the the wars, and it's essentially the what leads to uh, the rise of Nazism in Germany. Wow. Um, so it's like Weimar Republic. It's, it's Weimar it's, Republic. It has clearly like nods to Cabaret. Cool. Dietrich. Um, it's great. It, it, it has a lot of music. Brian Ferry is a musical consultant on it. Oh, uh, wow. I love uh, Brian Ferry. Roxy music fame. Uh, so the music is fantastic. Uh, and the two, two of the guys who are writers for the show also are clearly songwriters. So there's a lot of like music plays a huge part. So that's, that's, it's not Christmassy at all, but yeah. uh, that, that's what I've been doing. That makes a lot of sense. I remember being a teenager and being one of the only people in my peer group that was in love with Brian Ferry. And I quite, I couldn't quite put my finger on why at the tender age of 16, because he was so like odd, yeah. but now like it, it makes sense. It, yeah. I, I completely understand now, yes. but um, at the time I didn't know, but it, not it, yeah, it makes sense that he would be on this show. Yeah, so um, y'all go watch Vera. It's incredible. Watch Vera. Watch some Christmas stuff. Some yeah. Stuff. If, you, if you guys, I mean, it worked out so well the last time one of you all suggested that we watch something. Yes. Uh, so if you want us to watch something, please drop it on our Facebook page. Let us know via Instagram. Send us yeah. an email, terrorandtacos at gmail.com. Um, like if you, you said, have, 
We're staring at the Starbucks menu and we just don't know what to order. We just don't know what to do. So if you've watched something that you love and you want us to watch it and talk about it, let us know and we will absolutely do it. So thank you, Jim John Make Noise. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I, we... From us to you, happy holidays. Yeah. Happy New Year if you don't hear from us before Stay that. safe and find some joy in all this fucking madness. And wear a goddamn mask. Thank you. <laughs> all all right. right, man. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.